Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And we must apologise because we're a day late. We're a day and a half late, really, because yeah. we normally get this thing out on a morning. Uh, it's the middle of Tuesday afternoon. This is the Monday episode. Fuck it, you've had you've had Monday episodes on a Sunday evening before. If you add up all the times you've had them early and count the hours. Yeah. Anyway, it does you then, good to have a break. A lot yeah. of people saying they've started to talk to their kids only in Roy Keane accents. They're telling their bosses at work shit like you fucking do it. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's, it's like Stockholm have syndrome, a break, isn't it? Have a couple of days, you know, listen to the Peter Crouch podcast. Yeah. Or Comedy one of them tits. other ones for a few yeah. days. It's, it'll do you good. I, I mean, mean, those other podcasts, they actually give you something other than swearing and bad attitude. Yeah. You might it's learn something from the other podcasts. Positive influence in that. I mean, I've been, yeah. I've, we've had a few days since we've done one of these, and I've, it's been quite nice, to be honest. No disrespect to yourself, Sam, but I feel like I've been locked in some kind of recurring Groundhog Day kind of nightmare doing these all the time. Yeah. I, I think we should probably have a month off or something. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, a change could arrest whatever you're in, but through my adult life, a lot of people do say that too much time spent in my company mm. is bad for their mental health and emotional yeah, well-being. For their equilibrium and yeah, all that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, it gets annoying. And I can see that as well because I don't like my own company at all. No. I hate being alone. Mm. Um, so I see where where you're coming from. So from your personal point of view and the listeners, all the cunters out there, I think, you know, relish the break while you can. I think we've now got enough um, enough episodes in the bank where I can sort of just take lines from various ones and create brand new podcasts from them, just cutting and pasting various lines and words and all that kind of thing. And we're what, just as we, good. That we've both said. Yeah. You could create an algorithm or something oh, like that. So that Artificial intelligence is yeah, what I should say. Fucking results bot. Yeah, that just fashions all of our fucking bullshit, our recurring, like, yeah. mindless, juvenile fucking chitter-chatter. Yeah. And, you know, it just sort of does random combinations. Like those th- Matt fridge magnets you used to get, right? Yeah. They used to do these fridge magnets. I, I don't know whether you had them in Sunderland, but Fuck they were... A lot of them were of Shakespeare. Well, I say that as a complimentary thing, mate, because these were the sort of things that cunts had on their fridges. Well, and you, all I'm you saying mean the specific is... specific ones and not just did you have fridge magnets per se? Oh, Sunderland? yeah. I mean, you might have normal fridge magnets. No, these fridge magnets were Shakespearean lingo and dialogue, right? Ugh. And, yes, yeah, now you get what I'm, where I'm coming from. <laughs> they were cunts magnets, right? <laughs> I'll show you the fuck. I got fucking brilliant magnets on my fridge, and none of them are cunty, as far as there I can see. 
Some of them are West Ham, so you probably wouldn't like them. But on the whole, they're non-cunty magnets. Anyway, the Shakespeare ones, it's just a fucking huge number of Shakespearean words and phrases, like Mm. 200 on little magnets. And then people would go to their friend's house Mm. and arrange them into really funny, Mm. quite sometimes a bit rude-sounding Shakespearean phrases. Yeah. And obviously that's cuntish. But if you did a Top Flight Time Machine series of magnets like that, well, people wouldn't need the podcast anymore. If they're feeling like they need to, you know, experience that fucking level of of humour, they Mm. can just go to their fridge and do a little bit of a magnet arranging. I know there'll be a cunter out there who wants to design this for us. I was going to say, I think that could be a a very big hit, the Top Flight Time Machine fridge magnet range. Yes! I'd love one of them. Yeah, so it's just got all the different phrases, Yeah, you know, and, and topics and whatnot. This and they and just that. fucking you fucking yeah. do it, etc., etc. I it was at that point I became a stray man, etc., etc. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Power T-shirts, play. T-shirts, mugs, the lot. Reverse the mechanism, so on and so forth. Yeah, we'll do them then. We'll, we'll probably get our fingers. Out. We'll take a month I, I, off. Honestly, mate, I can't up. reveal too much now on air. But yeah. there are big plans. I know you hate it when I say this. Let's just say there are big plans afoot. In the merchandising arena. Good of you to tell me, thanks. Yeah, just, well, they're plans. Plans don't come a reality until they've been signed off by you, mate. But I don't like to, I know you don't like to be bothered too much, (laughs) and so I don't bring projects to you for your attention. I see you as the chief executive of Top Flight Time Machine. Thank you. And I do not bring things to your desk. You're like Alan Sugar. I'm not going to bring something to you. Until yeah. I know it is at, you know, it is ready to be signed off, and you can give it a very quick yes or no, which is what you're good at doing, like yeah. all chief executives. So, like, you know, if Sir Alan, you bring him something that's a bit half got, you'll go, I don't know what you're fucking on about. <laughs> magnets? What sort of fucking magnets? Who's going to make them? What's your markup? How are they going to be marketed? Right, and I need and all of my ducks in a row. And the kind of row. magnets that a wanker will put up his knob and then have to go to the hospital. Them ones. <laughs> Because I tried to manufacture them through Amstrad in the 80s and we got into a lot of legal difficulties, so I'm not going back down that route. (laughs) The wanking magnets craze came and went and I lost a lot of dough out of it. It cost me a load of money to set up a website, wankstrad.com, and I never got to fucking use it and I signed up for 10 years for it. So So don't bring this shit to me. You come so up a, with some, some concepts of, of merchandising, then you run them by an adult, like your mm, wife, and then mm. if, if she says they're all right, you'll pass them then on they, to me as an Then idea. they go to what's known as Andy level. Yeah, right, okay. Mm. Fair enough. If you can hear any banging in the background from my end here, because we're doing this remotely again. You're wanking. It's, I'm not wanking today. Uh, there's no. some incredible uh, landscaping going on across the road, and someone's oh. had their entire driveway dug up by a digger. And I've just Why? been sitting... Maybe, what, well, maybe it's a police thing and they're suspected of multiple murders. Either way, either way, there's a digger digging up a drive and I'm sitting there watching it with a cup of tea most Great. of the get, day. Get your fault. It's like when those Geordies went to watch the stadium being built. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, take them two weeks off fucking work for this. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly. out there with your, with your sandwiches and your fold-out picnic chair and you should also lob things at them once in a while. Yeah. Well, there's a lob, lot of rubble Lob being... things at the digger. There's a lot of rubble being dumped into a skip at the minute, and I've been out there with a knotted hanky on my head, sitting there with my shorts on, in a deck chair, just fucking watching it all happen. 
absolutely very, very lovely. Good. Best way to spend a day. Shall we have a look at uh, the, the usual agenda uh, predictions and that? What well, do you reckon? Do, are you, are you, do you want to talk about your Wembley weekend or would you rather not? I, I can. I'm still I'm still quite down, actually. I got oh, yeah. back home yesterday afternoon, yesterday tea time, because we, we did a two-night stay over. Mm. And even though we lost the match, it didn't feel like it was that much of a, a defeat. It wasn't crushing in, no. in the sense that it wasn't a massive cup. You know, it wasn't the FA Cup, but it wasn't the League Cup, it wasn't the playoff final or something like that. It was it was heartbreaking you had your day at the out. time. We had mm. that's exactly we had a whole weekend and we had loads of fun. It was me and my kid and my mates and their lads and we had loads mm. of fun. And uh, apart from the football, it was a really good weekend. But I'm fe- I've, I've got kind of I don't know whether it's just because I'm back at home and everything's normal again. I'm feeling it's a bit anticlimactic, down mate. It's very anticlimactic. When you're it. when you build up to your, a big game, especially a Wembley game with your club, there is so much excitement. Yeah, and then once it's over, even if you'd won, you'd probably be feeling a bit. Probably still would be. Yeah, yeah. I think we went to Trafalgar Square Saturday night, and you probably saw the footage of all of oh, that. Oh, I thousands saw it. Of us it down there. Amazing. Fellas standing on statues in their pants with flares in their hands and everything. It was red flares. Great. Yeah, loads of booze going on. Really good. <laughs> loads of singing. So just the the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm a bit. So was Trafalgar Square a sea of red and white stripes? Yeah, yeah. It was really? absolutely full. Yeah, yeah. And you're obviously right by Whitehall there, where a lot of the um, Brexiters were making themselves busy, you know, like protesters. They'd been there the day before. So there was no no sort of other groups of people coming and bothering you, getting in the way of your fun. There was no overlap or anything like that. Good. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was a really good weekend. But we lost the match, but, you know, fuck it. Yeah, on penalties. It doesn't count. Yeah, it's only football. To be, I've got to say this though: no disrespect to the Portsmouth fans, but a lot of them were coming out when we were coming out, just seconds after the trophy had been lifted, and they looked Weird. fucking miserable. They looked oh, fucking miserable. What? What the fuck? Don't know. I mean, even, even even though it wasn't the biggest cup in the world, it was a cup. If we'd won that, we'd have been doing congas around Wembley for fucking hours. But um, they just all shuffled off back to their trains and went home again. Yeah. So, um, no disrespect, but fuck you, Portsmouth. They couldn't wait. They had, you know, when you're getting back to Portsmouth, you've got to get from Wembley to Waterloo, and then, yeah. you know, it's quite a long journey. It's tricky, yeah. innit? Fuck it. So we just stayed on for another night and got shit-faced in the Premier Inn. So um, <laughs> it was good. Shit-faced in the Premier Inn? Another good yeah. name for a band? Yeah, definitely. So um, it was Hi, good. Hi, I'm Lauren Laverne at breakfast. Uh, this is yeah. the new one from Shit-faced in the, the Premier Inn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really good. This I managed to catch them live um, in Kentish Town last month, and they uh, they were really doing amazing things. We're going to have them doing a, a live show here on Marianne's show coming up. We're going to do um, one of those provincial uh, one of those provincial city festivals. They'll be going up to that. We're going to be doing Cardiff, and then yeah. maybe Mansfield. Check and out that. headlining. Anyway, let's have a look at the predictions. Um, not a very a productive weekend for either of us, Sam. Uh, results bot just managed to get three solitary points. He's now m- finally managed to get to 100 points. Uh, you got four points. You're on 124. I also got four points. I'm on 115. Fine, Fine so with you've, me. You've kept your distance. Yeah, you've kept, the, you know, no ma- major changes. Um, but we have got some midweek matches coming up. There are five in total in the Premier League and it would seem churlish not to do some predictions for them. Let's predict the fuck out of them. 
Okay. Let's predict That's these scores. Uh, so they and once we've predicted them, they fucking know they've been predicted. Do you know okay. what I mean? I do. Yeah. They feel it. Yeah. Here we go then. First up, Wolves versus Manchester United. Which I think is live on Sky tonight, Tuesday evening. A rerun of the FA Cup uh, quarterfinal from a couple mm. of weeks ago. I'm going to say Wolves 1, United 2. Okay. Uh, well, this one, I reckon 2-2. Two, two. I think it'll be a cracking match, this one. But I think a 2-2. Two, two. Results, but of course, he say... 1-0. Onwards, Watford and Fulham. All right, you go first on I'll this. Go first on this one, Watford and Fulham. Uh, I, Watford have got the FA Cup semi-final coming up at the weekend, so they might not be that bothered. Fulham, they're fucked. They're down. 2-0 Watford. I'm saying exactly the same, 2-0. Yeah. If you don't believe me, I already had it written, already had it yeah, written down. In a, in a golden envelope or something. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> Next up, uh, Chelsea versus Brighton. Chelsea versus Brighton. Hmm. Yeah. Does anyone okay. care about Chelsea anymore? Does do Chelsea fans They're care about Chelsea? They're in irrelevance in this Aren't day they? and age. I'm going to say Chelsea one, Brighton nil. Oof. Um, I've got to go something different. Really, I've got to put my neck on the line with this one. I uh, can't see Brighton scoring. I'm going to go. 2-0 no go 3-0 at Chelsea oh yeah no I've changed my mind 2-0 2-0 they, they struggled two nil. against Cardiff didn't they they did but they're going to have to pull out a performance surely at home against Brighton 2-0 I say 2-0 yeah. next one Spurs versus Palace and I believe this is the first uh, match at the new Spurs stadium so that's nice yeah. for them it's not on the telly though Sky haven't got it on the telly I know it's silly isn't it that it's not yeah. on the telly I don't I can't imagine why but, I think they um, I think they picked the fixtures before before the Spurs announced this was going to be the grand opening. So the Spurs fans are very excited. My brother's going. He's uh, he's overwhelmed with excitement. Oh, bet he is. Apparently, they, he went to the practice game that they had, the Legends yeah. game, in which Gaza played. Apparently, and uh, it was it was a bit of a bun fight getting in and out of the 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 ground and to the station. That really? they've not quite sorted that. So. <laughs> The old thing's a nightmare, is it? It could be a bit of a mess. Apparently the stadium's great. I don't know if you saw the clip of the Spurs fan crying. No, I've, I've seen nothing all weekend. I've been shit-faced in the Premier Inn for the entirety of the weekend. I've seen no news. Well, there was a Spurs fan at the first week. They did the week before. They had some sort of youth team game there or something. And one bloke, a, a man who could easily be a grandfather. Right. Um, you know... Bald man, big bloke, probably in his 60s. He's there and he's looking around this stadium, which, you know, at the end of the day, a stadium's a fucking stadium, mate. Yeah. It's a bunch of seats with a football pitch in the middle of it. And, you know, some have good bars, some have shit bars. That's really the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, The bloke was looking around, crying his eyes out with his hand on his heart. Right. And you sort of think, mate, what have you done with your life? Yeah. It's not Why good, are you that, crying it? at a building? <laughs> it's a fucking building. Yeah. I mean, maybe if it's like you're leaving somewhere, it carries memories with it, right? It's not even so a you leave Upton Park, you leave Roker Park, you leave White yeah. Hart Lane. So many memories. 
oh, this is upsetting. All right, maybe have a little cry if you're that way inclined. But you've just walked into a new build. No one's ever walked into a Barrett's home new build and started <laughs> crying. <laughs> Yeah, all those Maybe ghosts they and spirits and everything, they're still there. You're still in the same location. With the Sunderland, spirits, we left, we the left spirits of park. who? The spirits, the, uh, the, I don't know, the, the spirits the of Bill the Nicholson. dead, the ghosts. Yeah, all the them. ghost of Bill Nicholson. Yeah. And, and Danny Blanchflower. Yeah, I can't think of any others that have snuffed it. Um, the fuck, I don't know. Martin um, Shivers, Cunters, is he dead? New subject for the mailbag, Spurs legends who are dead. Spurs legends who are dead and who you suspect (laughs) may have come back from the afterlife as poltergeists. (laughs) At the new stadium. Can they not deploy them as as fucking ghostly stewards Stewards. to get get people in and out easier? Imagine that. You you will be guided. Spurs in an innovative new move uh, rather than pay out for those ineffectual stewards that most clubs have, which are just local grumpy-looking teenagers in yellow yeah. vests looking confused about what to do. They will have the ghost of various different Tottenham legends. Um, yeah, they could do that. And they don't Bill, even need to be the legends. They could just be common or garden players that were just full-backs for 50 matches, just as long as they're ghosts and it's Ooh. something... Yeah. Ooh, this way to Seven Sisters Road! Ooh! <laughs> Please sit down during the game. Your, your ticket is for block five. You are in block seven. You must go to the left. Go no. to the left. No, no smoking. <laughs> the club reserved the right to take away your season ticket if you are caught smoking. All right, ghost of Bill Nicholson, calm down. <laughs> Is vaping allowed? I think so. I'll have to check with my supervisor. <laughs> so the feeling is that they've built the big stadium, but they don't have the infrastructure to get people in and out. They've built it. It's too big for not, the roads, is it? Not at the moment. They'll probably sort it out. Not at the moment. Why are you going to sort that? You can't make No, they'll just sort wider. out like the the way in which it's organised. I mean, when, we were, when West Ham moved into London Stadium, it was fucking bedlam for about a year. It was like everyone, all the West Ham fans were fighting each other, which I know you might say could happen anywhere. But I think it was to do with the bad organisation of ground. There were fights with away fans. There was lots of interfighting amongst West Ham fans. I don't, I still can't understand why that was, but a lot of people blame the stadium. Right. Uh, It's it's all settled down now. It was chaotic because people just move in and they don't really, until you've actually... No, no one knows what they're doing. It was badly organised, and and now it's settled down, it's all right, and so Spurs will just probably go through the same thing. Let's hope that no Spurs fans mindlessly start fighting each other, because that's horrible to see. It would be awful for you to see that, wouldn't it, yeah, as a West Ham fan. Jalapeño. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. Yeah, anyway, we need to get these fucking predictions finished, Sam. So Spurs, Spurs Palace, I, Palace. I think, you know, it's a big night for Spurs, isn't it? Oh, you go first yeah. on this one. Do I? All right, then. Oh, well, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a glorious first night. 3-1 Spurs. I'll say 2-0 Spurs. 2-0 Spurs. All right, fair enough. Final one is the match that's going to be on instead of Spurs Palace, which is Manchester City versus Cardiff, which would be, be more watchable. Um, yeah. You can go first on this one. Okay, uh, I'll give this a very straightforward 3-0 to Man three City. Nil to City. I just saw a little bit of a pre- live press conference earlier on Sky Sports News and Guardiola yeah. said shit live on Sky Sports News. About I what? I can't remember. It, it just it was just, you know, this and that, basically. And he said shit. 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 So Shit. I don't know if there was there's been I don't know if there's been any controversy about that since, since Pet, I walked away from I'm the TV. Martin but. Jack D- Martin Deckchair from the Express. Pet, <laughs> do, will 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 you be aiming to overtake uh, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool within the month of April? Shit! <laughs> Shit question. Next one. <laughs> Shit question, you. Mr. Shit from the Daily Shit. Shit you. <laughs> Shit off. <laughs> I'm going to go with this one because Neil Warnock was so fucked off the other night. He said he was going to put his under-23s out for this one and try and keep the score down to 10. <laughs> and I think he might. So, okay, I'm going to go 5-0 to Man City for this one. Ooh. So we'll see what happens with that. Hey, Andy, who do you think is going to win the league? Man City. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. You? Don't know. Don't care. We'll have to go back and re- revisit our predictions from the start of the season. Yeah. See how, how, how right or wrong we got that. Because I think I had Arsenal as third. And that could quite <laughs> well, well happen. Could happen, yeah. They've got a fairly easy happen. running. They've played all the big teams. So uh, I think I'll give myself 50 bonus points in the prediction league if that happens. Is that all right with you? They, they, prob- they probably will uh, do it because it's almost written in the stars that they will always end up finishing mm. higher than Spurs, Spurs just yeah. through some weird sort of thing that happens right you, you think it's mathematically impossible and then on the last day there's such a bizarre sort of combination of results yeah. that suddenly Arsenal leapfrog Spurs by six yeah. places on the last day yeah. in. I've got a really good email from um, a lady cunter a contest, cool. yeah. if you like, uh, called Louise. And it's a stray man, stray woman, if you like, story. Right. Here we go. She says, it was the early 90s. I'd been living in Crete for a couple of years. I was due to Great go home. Great start. Mm. I was due to go home, but I was Dennis Bergkamp level scared of flying, so I'd arranged to get the coach from Athens back to London. My oh, boyfriend at that. the time. My boyfriend at the time had a friend, let's call him Van Gellis, who lived in <laughs> Athens and who I'd met a couple of times. As far as I knew, he ran a gym. He was the bodybuilder type, so it rang true. 
As I was going to have a few hours to kill in Athens, he said he'd meet me from the ferry and I could go back home with him, have lunch, have a sleep, etc. Oh, alarm bells. Hang on a minute. Alarm bells. Hi, I work out a great deal to work on my sweet abs and biceps, but I'm going to take a break at lunchtime. You can come back to mine for a sleep. I pose no danger to you. (laughs) I want you to believe in me. (laughs) I can achieve anything I set my mind to. What? What's that got to do with anything? I am an extreme man. Now go to sleep. Go to sleep. I have achieved extraordinary things in my life. What? <laughs> and, this will be, and this shall be the latest. <laughs> so there we are. That's paragraph one of seven. Um, <laughs> this could All be right, an episode in Mary. itself. This could be an episode in itself. Fucking Van Gallus. Okay. okay. Louise goes on to say, I got the ferry, which was about 12 hours, I think. Bearing in mind there were no mobile phones, it was a lonely and uncomfortable, miserable journey. I lay on my suitcase on the floor. I was also skinned. I arrived in Piraeus first thing in the morning, and sure enough, Vangelis met me from the ferry. He was a very smiley, happy type of chap, and greeted Mm. me with a friendly kiss and a beaming smile. As As well as my suitcase, I had a sports bag, which I placed at my feet once I was in his car. Almost immediately, he casually handed me what turned out to be a loaded handgun. (laughs) <laughs> and, and ask me to hide it hey, in my bag. Hey, hold on to this for a moment, will you, pussycat? <laughs> it's loaded, so be careful. <laughs> uh, he asked me to hide it in my bag. What the fuck? I shot myself and gingerly asked him what he had it for. He explained that he'd just finished work. He said, I work the clubs. They have to give me money so I can give it to my bosses. Fucking <laughs> fuck knows what. Oh, she says... We went back to his apartment where he lived with his mummy. He referred to her in his perfect English as mummy. She was lovely <laughs> and welcoming, and I suspect didn't have a clue what her son was up to. He took this me to my his... mummy. Don't mention my loaded gun to her. <laughs> yeah. He took me to his bedroom for a sleep. No funny business. He really meant it. There was a v- there was a VCR next to some My Little Pony videos, which he told me he watched occasionally to calm him down after work. <laughs> Vangelis Vangelis and the My Little Pony videos (laughs) He said he was going to sleep I was supposed to sleep next to him And recharge my batteries Before my lengthy coach trip Fuck off Why why does she think this was above board This is not above board A guy gives Uh, you a gun Starts calling his mum mummy And then says sleep next to me in this bed Fuck but off. this is a, this is a boyfriend's mate, so there's obviously some kind of level of trust so between what? the boyfriend and the mate. I don't know, but this is this is the story. I'm just reading it out as I'm giving it. So what the mate's um, gone? Uh, so the boyfriend's gone. Hey mate, um, hey, listen, mate. my my girlfriend, she's she's passing through town. She needs uh, to kill some time, look after. Her. She might need to rest. Yeah, that's fine. She can sleep next to me in my bed <laughs> at my mummy's house. And the boyfriend goes, Yeah, yeah okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, she'll right. like that. All right, maybe there wasn't that level of trust between them. Anyway, she says, I was supposed to sleep... Uh, I was supposed to sleep next to him and recharge my batteries before my lengthy coach trip. He put the gun under the bed where I realised he had another one, a big one. <laughs> he apologised in advance in case he'd disturbed sleep, explaining that he had once tried to strangle someone in his sleep and that I should wake him up if such a thing were to happen. Hey, just a quick word of warning before I nod off. I have in the past tried to strangle someone in my sleep. I probably won't do it again, 
but uh, just so you know, if it if it happens, it's not a big deal. Apologies in advance. Shit happens. Uh, Ding dong. You're okay. Yeah, all right. No problem. Night, night. <laughs> and Louise adds, oh, my fucking God. She says, I lay there frozen in terror, clinging on to the fact that his mummy was at home. Once he was asleep, I went and chatted to her and explained that I needed to leave immediately as I had mixed up my coach time. I bid my goodbyes and off I went. This is the point at which I became stray. Mm. I still had hours to kill and it was boiling hot. Also, I hardly had any money. I remember dragging my case and now gunless sports bag behind me, walking <laughs> the streets and crying. I thought it couldn't get any worse. I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> I went to the travel agent to collect my ticket and find out where to pick up the coach, only to realise that war had broken out in Belgrade, which was where my coach was due to go through. <laughs> this is like a wonderful Steve Martin film. If they'd ever re if they'd done a sequel to Planes and Trains and Automobiles, which they fucking should have done, it should have been Steve Martin and John Candy end up in this story. Definitely. I realised that war had broken out in Belgrade. <laughs> <clears throat> the lady behind the desk was completely disandat about it, but hysterical by <laughs> now. <laughs> hysterical by now, I demanded they be put on a different coach. They finally found me one, which went via Ancona in Italy. I'm guessing there wasn't a war there at the time. No. And it also involved an 18-hour ferry journey. You know the furniture sliding back and forth on that Norwegian ship? That's literally what it was like, but without the helicopter rescue. <laughs> I was so relieved at this point that I didn't care. I ended up dancing to Zorba with the waiters and had quite a laugh. I eventually got on the coach at Ancona, only to realise the pantomime was to continue. The driver didn't know where he was going. There were two drivers with obvious restrictions on how long they could stay at the wheel. There was a bed on the coach so they could alternate. However, as driver one didn't have a fucking clue, driver two, exasperated, stayed behind the wheel for longer than he was supposed to. He was literally falling asleep at the wheel, so I ended up sitting next to him at the front of the coach, chatting to keep him awake while everyone else on the coach slept. Driver 1 eventually took over, whereupon we had a detour around Luxembourg and then Germany. We weren't supposed to go via either, she says. And eventually ended up driving around a housing estate in Holland. Lost. <laughs> we had, at this point, become a stray coach. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, this is our first stray coach story that we've had on the show. She says, my poor parents, unable to contact me, remember this is pre-mobile phone days, were petrified. They had to meet me in, I think, Russell Square in London. I finally turned up about eight hours late with, I think, a reasonable excuse for my tardiness. She says, I haven't been back to Athens since. There you go. That's a spectacular story. That is an amazing story. Good stuff. Um, Thanks for that, Louise. That's brilliant. It's a reminder of how fucking arbitrary chaotic and you know dangerous life could be in the early 90s what the, with no yeah, mobile before the internet and mobile, no phones, mobile phones no internet yeah. and war raging in the balkans Just you put those three things together yeah put those three things together and it was a recipe for disaster should you ever visit the continent I mean, you know, I won't go into it now, but, you know, when I went interrailing with my mates when I was 17, um, we weren't directly impacted upon by the, the, the Balkan War, but it was always a spectre that hung over you wherever you it went. It was in the air, wasn't it? Yeah, everywhere you One went. One good thing that came out of it was a couple of uh, Yugoslavian girls moved to our school. <laughs> uh, they, they were called Jiva and Anna, Yelnika. 
Yeah. And they were they were they were attractive. Mm. Um, there were sexy European girls who suddenly just yeah. arrived one Exotic. day. They, yeah. they were both like six foot fucking tall, like strapping Yugoslavs. Wow. Like Supermodels. one was like had long blonde hair, the other one had long dark hair. And they and it was like fucking. In a way, we were all grateful for you know the the horrible and bloody mindless, senseless mm. conflict that was going on in the Balkans at the time because they had moved here because of that. The parents wanted to get them out of the way, didn't they? Out of the it, line it, of fire. Yeah. And they got out of the line of one fire, but they got fully into the line of ours, I can tell you. It teaches us the lesson that not everything about war can be bad. Mm. I mean, you know, war, what is it good for? As I this can't and remember. This, well, Edward I tell you Star, what, it? no one ever, that was a rhetorical question, but there was actually some answers to it, which are, well... There's all the refugee crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> that is an awful thing to say. I'll edit that um, out. I'll cut the. I'll cut the, the edit that. That's short. awful because you know I'm I'm not making light of the plight of refugees. I'm saying these refugees, they were all right. They weren't the sort struggling in a dinghy. They'd got well out of the situation mm. in advance, and I don't know. I I don't know what their immigration status was. I'll say that much. Um, did you not ask? I didn't ask, actually. And now didn't I'm matter. thinking... Did it? it didn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Of course it shouldn't. And maybe these were gentler times. I think we're talking about living in the era of John Major, who mm. you look back now, and he, at the time you were like, who's this fucking cunt, Dismal John Major? Cunt. With Dreary his fucking... Fucker. You know, remember, ranking John Major, right? And he used to think, this bloke's just another Tory cunt. Now you look back, you think, good old fucking John Major. He was a bit of a hippie, really, wasn't he, if anything? He's fucking, he's like a cuddly uncle with his cricket yeah. and his beer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was, you'd do anything. You'd walk over, you'd, you'd walk over hot coals to have him back in charge, wouldn't you? Of course you would, in the blink of an and eye. He, and he, fucking... and I'm, I'm pretty sure now, although this is only the first time that it's occurred to me, that he may have been responsible for the arrival in West London of the Yelnica sisters. And yeah. if nothing else, he achieved that in his tenure he, as PM. He did, he did so much to, to lay the groundwork for the Northern Ireland peace process, but that peels into insignificance compared to the arrival of those two beautiful sisters in West Whoa. London. And they came swimming with us up to the local pool Are they in still summer. in the UK, Sam? Do you know? And they were all tanned and continental. How, how do you spell that surname? Well, I don't want people online stalking them, but I will tell you anyway. Just don't. J E L I N K A. Okay, I'll have a look on Facebook later on. Right, that's the end of this episode. Uh, right. I have other things to do now, so uh, okay. we'll be back with another one. We'll be back with a Keegan Odyssey tomorrow or something. I don't know how it works. I don't even know what fucking date is. All right, yeah. thanks for listening, everyone. Keep it cunty, cunters. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 